Hello and welcome to Travel Radio. I am your host, Megan Chapa, and I am privileged today to have back on the program from, you may have heard some ukulele episodes, Brian and Rowena. Welcome, guys. Thank you. Aloha. Where are you right now? We are at uh, Miramar Marine Corps Air Station, and we are quarantined on the Marine Corps base. Now, this is because you guys pretty much live on a cruise ship for a part of the year as ambassadors of Aloha. Now, would you tell us, um, you know, kind of how this process came to be that you ended up on this military base? Well, um, usually we spend a lot of time, um, how do I say this, Um, Princess most recently and quite frequently sends us out of San Francisco. And the ship that goes out of San Francisco to the Hawaiian Islands is the Grand Princess. So I'm sure many people have uh, seen the Grand Princess across the news this last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, but the entire, yes, the entire ship, everyone on the entire ship uh, is being quarantined for lo- no less than 14 days or 15 days. I think. Now, I think of all the people to have a a good attitude about it, it's you two. You've been sending out some really nice emails. And if people wanted to get on those emails, is there a way for them to sign up? Yeah, they can. They can go to our website, which is really easy. It's www.brian, that's B-R-I-A-N, and A-N-D, Rowena, R-O-W-E-N-A, dot com. And there's a place to sign up for our newsletters. And, um, you know, I try to send out something like every other day, every third day. Um, We just felt that it was really important because of the seriousness of what's going on. We felt that um, not just the the other people that are on our mailing list, but many of the people that were on the ship with us um, just need to feel in touch with the rest of us that were on the ship. Um, because we were scattered. I guess let me back up. Mm-hmm. Um, when when they uh, said that we had to quarantine, there were four places that they sent everyone on the ship, or at least the guest. Uh, it was either Travis Air Force Base, Miramar Marine Corps Air Station, uh, another base in Lackland, Texas, or another base in Georgia. And as they were disembarking us to go to these different places, A lot of times we were getting on a bus and we didn't know what location we were going to. Um, Mm. So. uh, Was it it a scary process? I think a lot of people were very, very afraid. Um, It was confusing. Yes, it was confusing. And when people are unaware of what's happening to them, they get afraid, they get scared. and so I think that the fear set in because as what happened was Princess was really caught in the middle of it all um, because we had the CDC, we had the state government, and we had the federal government, and they were telling, every one of them was telling Princess what to do. Right. And so Princess just had to comply. And Princess really didn't know a lot of what was going on either. They were just doing what they were being told to do. So there was really no uh, concrete information. 
And one of the things that I said in the newsletter was, you know, for a situation like this, there was no dress rehearsal. There was no practice game scrimmage, nothing. So everybody was flying by the seat of their pants. Um, so from hour to hour, sometimes there were changes. Sometimes things didn't execute the way that they had anticipated. Um, and so people were becoming very frustrated mm-hmm. uh, because... But Princess, all in all, did their... Oh. They were... Megan, they were fabulous. They were fabulous. Yes. Yes. Uh, I, and, just and I, you know, part of why I wanted to have you guys on was because I've sailed with Princess. It was a good experience. I've sold a lot of Princess cruises and I plan to sail them again in the future. And I think it is just horrible luck that they are the ones that are caught in the news cycle and in this, you know, kind of uh, just repeated cruise ship quarantine situation. Um, but as far as being a company goes, as far as the future of cruising goes, I think it's going to continue. And I think the princess will come out of this successful. And I'm glad to hear you say that, you know, things went well and you guys were being treated well by princess because I just can't imagine oh. that it would be otherwise. Uh, princess, we like princess a lot. And we've had other companies come to us um, to work for them. Quite a bit. Uh, but princess really treats us well you know sometimes things get confused and kind of out of whack but all in all you know princess works very hard to do the right thing yes Mm -hmm. i mean not just for us but we see how they take care of the rest of the guests oh they do a fabulous job and you know i mean why princess was always at the top of the news i mean first with the diamond and then the grand i don't know Mm -hmm. They're but, the first two, that's why. But throughout it all, I mean, they just, they really did a fabulous job. I mean, from day one, um, from when we got the news, so how it came to be was there was, um, the itinerary was there was a Hawaii cruise, and then after that Hawaii cruise, uh, the ship went to Mexico for 10 days. And then after that 10 days, the voyage after that was another Hawaii cruise. So um, we got off during the Mexico portion of it and then got back on for the Hawaii cruise. Hmm. Well, when we were um, five, about nine, ten days into the Hawaii cruise, Princess got word that a gentleman who had been on the Mexico cruise, the preceding cruise, okay. had uh, tested positive for coronavirus and had died. Oh, my. And as soon as, Prince- yeah, as soon as Princess found that out, um, the CDC, they alerted the CDC, and then the CDC um, had set down guidelines. They had said, um, all right, we're going to send out ten, uh, test kits and try to find out who had come in contact with this gentleman while they were on the ship, like the room steward, you know, any mm-hmm. of those type of things. And then they also um, gathered up, there were several guests that had gone from, uh, who stayed on the ship. They did Mexico and then they stayed on the ship to do Hawaii as well. Okay. And um, those were the ones that they looked to first because those are the ones that possibly could have been in contact with him. Mm-hmm. So the CDC, they sent out test kits, kits um, to test those people. Uh, so they tested 44 people 
And out of that 44, 21 of them became words positive. Wow. Well, when we heard that, yeah, when we heard that news, CDC then said, all right, everyone has to be quartered. So everyone um, had to stay quarantined in their rooms. And Princess, it was just, it was amazing. Because they went from having all the restaurants and the buffet open and serving in the same manner that they do all the crews. You know, the whole staff, the crew, they're, they're trained to do things a certain way. And they do it like clockwork. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, within hours, have to shift and provide room service, you know, for 2,500 guests. Yes. I mean, and they did it. Yes. They did it. Just like the they turned the switch on and these guys just went into robot mode and just. And they did it. And did it. Yeah. For That's six awesome. days straight. They, wow. they served three meals a day to every single guest room. And I mean, was there, I mean, and that's, they allowed you to order off of a menu, correct? And so they're, well, they're, they're serving and getting the particulars right. Well, what they did was they would put out a menu and then the guests would check off the menu what they wanted. And that's what would come to their room for the following meal. Mm. So like at breakfast, uh, they got a menu for what their choices were for lunch. And then at lunch, they got choices for dinner, et cetera, et cetera. And um, so they got that. And what a lot of people didn't, you know, there are little things that I think people don't think of. And sometimes when you explain it to them, then they have a, a, a better understanding. Like one guy says to me, he goes, well, why didn't they just serve us sandwiches? I would have been happy with that um, because there was, some, you know, because sometimes the food would get out cold. And once I explained to him, I said, you got to remember, the food on the ship was stocked to be able to supply every single one of the restaurants for the menu that was already planned. Yes. So they had to use that same food in order to serve you in your rooms. It wasn't like they could go to the grocery store and just get sandwich meat and serve you sandwiches. At for 2,500 people. And then, he, <laughs> you know, and then he understood, oh, okay, um, you know, that that's why it happened that way. Because he was like, it would have been a lot easier. It would have saved them a lot of trouble. And, you know, I agree it would have, but it wasn't practical because what food we had on the ship was what food we had on the ship. Sure. <laughs> so then from the yeah. time that they notify you um, until you get to, you know, the, the military base that you're on, like, what was that process like? And then did... Did you did you, they take all of your belongings or did they say like pack a go bag because whatever you you know how does that work? Um, once well, it's it's like they said on the news. San Francisco would not let us dock in San Francisco. Mm. Um, once we found out we had those cases on board, uh, Captain John Smith said, "All right, we are not going to go to Mexico. We are going to head straight back to San Francisco." Well, as we were heading back to San Francisco, San Francisco, the government in San Francisco said, hey, you're not stopping here. Mm. You know, we're not going to let you here. Um, yeah. So then we actually um, sailed circles for several days right off oh the gosh. coast of San Francisco. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. We went around. Yeah. So, you know, uh, on the TV, they show you what your, um, your, route. your route is. Yes. When you looked at the TV, the line showing our route was this squiggly uh, circle, oh square, gosh. triangle, 
where we could just see ourselves going around in circles. Mm. And then finally it was negotiated with Oakland that Oakland was going to allow us to dock there. Yes. Wow. Um, I that, didn't know we could even sit under the bridge. Right. We went, yeah, we went under the Oakland the bridge. Oakland Bridge. It was really amazing because, you know, of course, we always sail out of San Francisco and go under the, the uh, Golden Gate Bridge. But uh, so this time we actually went under the Oakland Bridge. Wow. Wow. Well, I mean, and, I guess that's something, a little small ray of, like, light in your trip, a little something new for you guys. <laughs> so oh, then, yeah. They had to wait to low tide. Yeah, they had to wait to low tide so we could get under there. Oh, I, we did the, um, so the San Francisco Bridge is one similar, I think it's actually a little bit longer, in Lisbon, Portugal, and we sailed under that, and I think we cleared it by a meter. It was incredible. We went to the top deck. I'll send you the video. It's wild. So, and that was and that was a princess ship, too. That was a princess ship, too. But, um, so then, okay, so you get notified, you're allowed to dock, and then now what happens? Right. Um, at that point, the CDC, of course, was calling all the shots. But it got a little bit um, tenuous there because, um, and, and I'm not exactly sure, it was just, the, you know, the logistics of the whole thing was enormous. So what happened was they started to hand out the luggage tags like they normally do on a regular disembark, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you get your tags, mm-hmm. the blue, the yellow, whatever. So they did that. Um, you know, Princess was just going off of what they knew. They put those tags out, and then that's how they categorized or organized their groups to be able to get off the ship. Okay. Well, apparently, as the first group was going off, the city of Oakland said um, they were starting to take the luggage off. And the city of Oakland said, hey, wait, you know, we're union. You can't do that. Oh, my goodness. And so... Yes. So then Princess had to then, I'm assuming what they did, and and I don't know for certain, but whatever, uh, they had to get the longshoremen of Oakland to come in, take the luggage off the ship. Meanwhile, people were waiting to disembark. And so, of course, that cost, you know, hours. And then once it came off the ship, then um, Princess was saying, all right, let's get these loaded so that this the luggage can go with them to the quarantine center. And the longshoremen all of a sudden are saying, hey, you know, we're a union. We don't do that. We only put it on the dock. Oh, my goodness. So, if you talk about yeah. losing respect for unions right now, I mean, you fought to be in contact with the virus and then you left these people hanging. They need to, like, some of them might need to be hospitalized. Oh, my goodness. Okay. So it pretty tough. Although they did take the ones off that were sick. And needed the hospitalization. They did get those off right away, and they did have the ambulances there. Okay, but good. it was really kind of, it, it was crazy. The media was there. At one point, um, we we're in crew quarters, and in crew quarters we ha- we have a window. Um, and at one point, I don't know, Brian was I don't know if he was laying on the bed, but whatever. But one of the media drones come flying by our window. I mean, the media was just crawling all over the place. I saw, and this is, um, I read this on a different, a cruise blog page. Do you know, this is, if people are listening and they don't listen to this podcast already, Cruise Radio, his name is Doug Parker, but he had a report that someone had a drone 
fly a bottle of champagne to their balcony in one of these quarantine, <laughs> quarantined cruise ships. I'll have to find the article, but I just laughed and I was just thinking, that's not enough. Like, you need like an army of drones and a case of champagne, but <laughs> okay. Well, you know, I, I got to tell you, on our ship, the guests that were quarantined, they actually took and put bars on uh, carts and wheeled them up and down the halls, knocking on people's door and asking them if they wanted a cocktail. Wow. Man, this is some good stuff. Princess really took care of them, I have to tell you. totally stepped up the game. They they really did. They stepped up the game. And the people that are here in this quarantine facility with us and those that are on our mailing list and on our Facebook... um, I don't think a single one of them has said that they would never cruise again. Many of them are really upset because they can't cruise right now. They understand why, but they really should cruise. And and they're already booking future cruises because of their belief in Princess. Yeah. So, all right. So this is good to hear because I really do feel the industry is coming back um, after this. And honestly... I try to encourage my clients to book out a year in advance because you have enough time to plan and research and pay the thing off, all those sort of things. And so mm-hmm. really, if you canceled a cruise now or your cruise or vacation coming up was canceled, you're, you're just in the cycle for next year and that's okay. Um, but right. so then tell me about your personal health. Are you guys, are you guys okay? Have you tested positive or did they not test you? Uh, they tested us um, earlier this week, but we haven't received any results as of yet. Well, they didn't come and take us. So. They, they haven't taken us away. <laughs> <laughs> the people that tested positive, they did take away. Well, actually, the ones that had symptoms, they took away in the very yeah. beginning. Yeah, they didn't even hadn't tested them yet. But if you had any symptoms, they isolated you immediately. Mm, okay. <clears throat> Now, I saw that you guys were having cookies delivered to your door. Was that at the military base or on the ship? Yes. <laughs> we, we were isolated, per se, on the ship, but really not. Because since we're working on the ship, we're not considered crew, um, but we're not quite guests either. Yeah. Um, and so while we were on the ship, while everybody was in quarantine, we actually we pitched in... Um, we helped the production crew put together goodie bags so that the guests would have, you know, crossword puzzles and Sudoku and, mm. and things to do every day. And that was done every single day, and a bag was delivered to everyone's room every day mm. with things to do. There was paper in there, so we were doing weight shows um, and on the weight shows, since we couldn't have trivia because you couldn't have people meeting in one place, so we just did it on the wake show, and, you know, we sent the paper out so they could fill out the trivia. Um, that was clever. We did spots. Yeah, we did spots like uh, origami folding. I mean, one day they needed an origami thing, so I had one stuck in my head. It's like, so, okay, I went on, did that. <sighs> um, then we did a couple of shows. Brian played. I danced the hula. That went out on the wake show. Um 
you know, we talked about Hawaii. We still gave them as much of their Hawaii Hawaiian vacation as we could. That's wonderful. So I, I did hear that Brian is now, you know, he has his, Brian, I'm talking as if you're not there. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I'm so, <laughs> so sorry. I, I know that you're in there with your ukuleles. Are you writing at all while you're in there? I've been lazy. <laughs> Too many cookies? He's been lazy. Megan, he's been lazy for the last year. I have been after him for over a year now. we got to get another CD out. Yes. He's been lazy. He's been really lazy. That's okay, Because Brian. Once, he, once he gets the CD, once he's done with it, and then I hear it, what it sounds like. Um, <laughs> if there's originals on there, then then I end up having to title them and then do the, the artwork portion of it. So I'm always after him because then I need a good month to do my portion mm-hmm. and then get the thing, you know, uh, produced and, and, you know, get them made. Sure. So, yes, he's been really lazy. <laughs> I mean, well, he's been lazy as far as writing. He's been doing other things, but as far as writing goes, he's been lazy. <laughs> so I've been a right state of mind. You know, I, I, I just haven't been in that state of mind to do it. Yeah, I yeah, believe I keep, it. I keep telling him, well, you know, insanity is a state of mind, too. Well, you might get there if you have to stay in there long enough. I hope not, but, you know, there could be some real creative things that come out of that, too. Out of insanity? Yeah. So have you guys considered doing some sort of, because you guys are great at at media, have you considered doing, because now we've got school children totally locked in and people all over the world, and they're locked, I mean, they're locked in there, some of them with ukuleles. Have you guys considered doing, you know, any sort of live or online kind of YouTube, uh, like, lesson? Because you have some time, and it might give you something to do, interact with some people. We haven't really talked about it. Um, uh, some of what we've, been re- what we've been working on right now is it's time to change our curriculum on the ship. Um, what we're teaching because we have so many people that uh, repeat with us. They come back year after year mm-hmm. and we have some that even come twice a year. So we've been uh, working on changing that curriculum so that uh, we're teaching different songs than we did for the last few years and teaching different hulas than, you know, we've taught for the last couple of years. Um, you know, this season we actually had uh, two classes that did over the rainbow yeah, it was really amazing that they actually could play Over the Rainbow. And that's in, what, nine lessons. Nice. Brian, do you want to yeah. play us Over the Rainbow? Because I'm telling you, it's pretty coincidental. My sister said, oh, my goodness. If he volunteers to play, would you ask him to play Over the Rainbow? Over the Rainbow. <laughs> oh, Megan, I guess you could twist his arm. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was their wedding song. All okay. right. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm recording. So, yeah, that's what we've been working on is, is changing the curriculum. Um, actually, every couple of years I change uh, the talks. Um, yes. 
even the part talks, I, I change those because I feel that you can get so much out of the magazines. So I actually try to tell them, I just hit the highlights, and then I tell them about places to visit that they don't read in the magazines or, or things that uh, are not run-of-the-mill. Um, so I'm getting ready to change the talks, the lectures again. Yes, and um, you know what I wanted to hear was um, what happened, you, your book was released, correct? Yes, it released in October of uh, 2019. And I had been threatening to write that book for years. And it's done. <laughs> and it's done. And, you know, it's done really well. I mean, I'm just really, uh, I'm humbled by uh, the response that I'm getting out of it. And because the reason I wrote that was. So it's called know, Acts of Aloha, oh, correct? It's called Random Acts of Aloha. Yes, okay. Random Acts of Aloha. And. Many of the stories that are in there, um, I, I, do a, I, I do a huge section on what aloha really is because most people don't even understand what aloha is. They just think it's hello and goodbye, and it's not. You know, it's so much more than that. So I explain a lot about aloha, and I do lecture about it quite a bit on the ship. And then yeah, when I teach aloha on the ship, what happens is people then start to experience it. They start to act from their place of aloha. I mean, they see us, they go to the islands, and then somebody does something totally wonderful for them, and then they come back and they tell me the stories. Right. And so um, most of the stories in that book are stories from people that they experience. Uh, and they were, they were cruisers with us. And sometimes the stories are things they experienced on the ship. Other times there were things that they experienced in their hometown or wherever it was. Um, so that there's some really touching, touching stories in there. Um, How can people so, find it? Uh, you can get it on a cruise ship <laughs> that we're on. We'll have to wait a moment um, for that one. Yeah, or you can get it on Amazon. It is available on Amazon. Okay, I will put it in the show notes because I want it, and I think people. I mean, would you give us the theory of aloha right now, and maybe not even theory, but the lifestyle of aloha? Because I think it's something that uh, people could benefit from now, and especially to put it into practice now. You know, during this time. Right. Well, yeah, or during any time. Yeah. You know, aloha is just. Aloha is what you do unconditionally. Um, aloha can be anything from a smile uh, to something huge. I mean, sometimes a smile is all somebody needs to lighten their day. And aloha is when you see someone <laughs> who maybe just needs a little something, and that something might be a smile or just a hello or just an aloha, mm -hmm. and all of a sudden their day changes. Sometimes it's giving somebody a meal uh, that you didn't have to give because that's what they needed. Yeah. Um, so aloha takes many forms. Uh, it's often confused with paying it forward. People think paying it forward is aloha. But, and one of the things I explain in the book, it's not. Paying it forward means you're doing something for someone with the expectation of something else to happen. Right? For, I do you. for you. And it's a little selfish, no, right? right? Right. Well, 
it's not selfish. It is giving, but there's expectation. Hmm. True aloha means you do unconditionally. Unconditionally. You don't expect anything in return. You just do it just because. Just because it's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we need some right yeah. doing now, so that's great. That's awesome. So book is out. You don't have to work on that. You're working on your newsletters. You're working on new curriculum. Um, are you I'm getting... Sorry, say it again. I'm actually working on another book already. Oh, okay. Well, tell us about that. Yeah. Well, I don't know quite. Okay. Um, hopefully it'll be done by next year. It's called uh, Native Knowledge. And that's what's oh, going to be about Native Knowledge. Okay. So. One on, of Hawaii. Of, yes, ancient knowledge um, and, okay. and native knowledge, yes. Things that we grew up learning. A lot more cultural beliefs, uh, ways of thinking, um, and how to master your own thoughts. You know, so many people allow their thoughts, like this fear that we're talking about. So many people allow that fear to run away with them and let it get the best of them. And one of the things uh, that I look at as being native knowledge, and it's actually Aloha runs right along with it, is that we can actually choose how we view things. Um, you know, we have we have the ability to make the choice. We can either choose to act out of fear or not. We mm-hmm. can choose to be calm on the inside, even when things around us are chaos. Um, and yeah. a lot of people don't know how to make that choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the, native knowledge teaches us how to make that choice. Um, are you finding that you're that you're stir crazy? Are you in an apartment type building, or is it more like a dorm? Uh, we're in a an apartment type building. It's a one bedroom, so we have a, a living room area. We have a little kitchenette, bathroom, and a bedroom. <laughs> And we're really, we're, I mean, we're really blessed. I got to tell you, I mean, we're in very nice accommodations. Okay, good. And then, um, like yeah, we're, yeah, it's like a condo <laughs> with, <you know. laughs> with uniformed men and women bringing you cookies every day. I mean, this is a dream. <laughs> oh yeah. They're all, they're all in hazmat suits. Oh. I had to ask them. I had to ask them to put their name on their suits because you couldn't tell any one person from another because they all had these great big suits on with the shields on their faces and the mm. masks. Everybody looked alike. Oh my gosh! <laughs> wow. Bunch of cream puffs running around. Yeah, Brian calls them cream puffs. Oh, <laughs> just don't lick them, Brian. It's not approved. <laughs> <laughs> So when you guys get out of there, have you thought about, or do they have a plan for you? Because right now travel's locked down. California just suspended travel. What do you guys think will happen? Or are you just not going to even get there yet? We're just not there yet. We're not there. Um, Princess is helping everyone get back to their homes, wherever that that place may be. Mm -hmm. Um, Some of the people... Some of the people's states that they live in have claimed them. Um, so, like Nevada, uh, mm-hmm. Nevada made a 
commitments for people from Nevada to go back to Nevada, Washington, Wyoming, I think Idaho, some of the states have. Um, and then Princess helped with their accommodations to go back. So Princess is helping everyone to get to where they need to go. Mm-hmm. And so when I talked to um, them today, their care unit, uh, they said that as the time gets near, then they will get together with us so that we can make a plan for whatever needs to be done. Okay, great. So really, I mean, you guys are feeling pretty calm about the whole situation. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's no reason to get crazy. It doesn't do any good. So you're not like slowly stockpiling the toilet paper in your room so when you get out, you have toilet paper. (laughs) (laughs) Because you could just keep requesting. It's like, Brian's a thorough wiper. I don't know what to tell you. (laughs) no we're not stockpiling uh new uh toilet paper but you know i do have a stash of cookies here (laughs) so funny there's (laughs) they feed us (laughs) i mean they have a stockpile of soda upstairs water yeah i mean whatever there's food here for us. Um, so there's, you know, if if we want to go upstairs and get soda, I mean, we have some here in the room, but, you know, if we want more or we're out, we just head up. There's a community kitchen. Just grab a oh. couple. And, and you just couple and come back down. and Or there's, uh, you know, there's snacks. So chips, you guys are allowed to of- leave your apartment. Yes, we are. We can go outside, but if you leave your apartment, you have to put on a mask. Okay. That's interesting. So then, are you allowed to be in the communal kitchen with other people? Yes. You have to wear gloves. You have to wear gloves. That's interesting, but I'm glad that you have some interaction. So it's really interesting because, you know, we've finally gotten to this delay phase of the U.K. government's plan which is, you know, social distancing, which they're, they're saying two meters, 10 feet. They're kind of going, you know, that's kind of the, the guidance that they're giving you. Um, and yeah. they're also saying, like, masks don't work. Just wash your hands. But I'm like, if you could give me a hazmat suit, I'd wear that every day. So, Well, what they're saying or what they're telling us is the reason for the masks it's more to keep us from touching our face because if you touch your mouth, your nose, or your face, and the virus is on your hands, and you know, and then your hands touch all kinds of things, that that's how it's easily spread. So they're actually, even though the mask quote unquote may not stop the virus, it's to keep us from touching our face and spreading the virus with our hands. Okay, and that seems to be the train of thought here. Okay, that's good to know. All right, that's interesting. There's some pretty heavy-duty masks out there. I mean, we have a couple here that, uh, I don't know who HHS or CDC brought, but they're pretty heavy-duty. I I don't think, I mean, half the time the air can't penetrate it, so you can breathe. They're so heavy-duty. Oh, my gosh. I mean, well, we're, you know, three or four weeks ago I ordered 20 masks, and... They're, they, you can't get anything now. Everything's gone. So, yeah. 
Yeah. So even Amazon, even getting things from Amazon is kind of tough right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, here too. It's a it's a crazy time. Um, so what else should we include on this episode that I might be missing? I mean, I'm happy to hear you guys are well so far. I really hope it doesn't go beyond that. But are you, I mean, have people in your community group, were you all tested at the same time? Does anyone feel symptomatic? Are you worried all about um, that? We've, we've had people um, that are uh, systematic, um, and most of those, anyone, if you showed any symptoms, they isolated you immediately. So I think they're waiting now for the testing to come back. Um, and, of course, if you test positive, then I'm sure something else is going to happen from there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's a waiting game. And, and I think the biggest thing that people have to learn is that in these type of situations, and especially with what's happening today, is to allow the fear to get the best of them is worse that they could do. Yeah. Um, it does you know, really amplify keep, stress, and that affects your health for oh, sure. Right. And, you know, it's funny because um, one, uh, one of our guests, and who has become a very uh, good friend of ours, she had asked me uh, what I thought about it and what I thought about the news. And we had talked about it, and she said because she was getting a little crazy, it was making her so fearful. And all I could offer her at that point was, if you're worried about getting the virus, then feeling fear, allowing you to be gripped with fear and allowing yourself to worry, all that does is break down the immune system. So then you're defeating your own purpose. You know, your immune system is what protects you from any virus, whether it's virus, bacteria, whatever it is. With a strong immune system, you stay relatively healthy. So if you're going to worry about it, all you're really doing is breaking down your immune system and you are just bringing your own worst fear to yourself because now you weaken your body. Mm. So if people can just keep their heads about them and not allow themselves to get crazy because when you do, you compromise your immune system. And if you don't want to get sick, the last thing you need to do is compromise your immune system. It's true. It's true. Well, um, if... We have been hearing from the crew. Yes, we have. We've been hearing from the crew. We've been keeping in contact with the crew. Um, it's a bunch of them went back to the Philippines. Okay. And um, we heard a, a lot of them are, uh, most of them are doing well, but there's some that are, they're in quarantine, so... There's some that are uh, <coughs> having symptoms, like coughing and stuff like that. Yes. So they they're confined to a room. Their uh, their own rooms. So one in each room. Yes. And, uh, and we heard there are some who are confirmed to have the virus and stuff like that, but. And we also heard that some of those that were confirmed to have the virus in the initial testing, when it all came down, um, 
there were 21 that tested positive, 19 of those were crew members. We heard that many of those crew members that initially tested positive are actually uh, recovering now. Oh, good. Um, really so good. that's really good. Yes. Yeah, our, uh, I keep in contact with our room steward. Um, his mm-hmm. name was Rappi. And uh, the best room steward you'd ever We've ever had ever ever had. I mean, what a, a beautiful, nice, caring, caring kid. You know. Yes, is he also in the Philippines? Yeah, so he's awaiting. Uh, I think he's on his third day in quarantine. Okay. And uh, along with the rest of the crew, but um, yeah, he's. He's after the 14 days of quarantine in the Philippines, he'll go back to his home, but he'll stay with his brother for another two weeks because he doesn't want his mom and daughter yes. to get sick. <laughs> so, wow. but he said most crew there uh, doing just fine, you know, and some, just a few of them just have symptoms of coughing and. Mm stuff like that so but they're they're totally on lockdown they can't leave the room and stuff like that and almost all of them have a great sense of humor and i think that helps a lot too (laughs) it does yeah it does and you know hats off to our captain oh you know on that trip i mean he he did such a wonderful job he he did um, an amazing job in keeping everybody informed. You know, he was really upset when uh, the news media found out something. The fake news. Yeah, they found out something before he even knew. Oh. You know. Yeah, that drives so, me crazy. Because how, what is he supposed to do? How is he supposed to lead people? Yeah. Yeah. You know, everyone's hearing about it on the news, and he's the captain of the ship. He's supposed to be telling everybody about it. So yes. he was, you know, you could hear it in his voice, too. And he, <laughs> yeah. But he did, he did a great job. Yes. He, he did. Good. It's good so, to hear. Yeah. So, how are you guys exercising? Like, we try not to leave the room too much during the day. When most people when are most out. people are out, but in the evenings, you know, about eight o'clock or something, Ro and I will go walk around outside, and uh, I go. I, I do my power walk. She does her power walk, <laughs> and then and sometimes in the room I'll hula or whatever, um, stretch yoga. Yeah. Um, oh man, I was thinking like I I wasn't sure that you were going to say power walk. I thought you might have said power hula, but we didn't go there. So (laughs) (laughs) what would that be like? Oh, why? (laughs) We go go outside. I I power walk back and forth. Brian strolls. (laughs) As long as you're able to get out. Oh, but I got to tell you, we got to get out in the sunshine soon because I keep looking in the mirror and I just keep turning whiter and whiter and whiter. (laughs) She's losing all that tan. All my color seems to be going away. I never thought I could be this white. (laughs) Well, welcome to my life. (laughs) (laughs) 
before long, we're all going to look back and we're all going to say, wow, we made history. Mm, it's true. Yeah. It's true. Well, guys, I thank you. I know it's getting very late for you. Um, but I thank you for joining me on the podcast. Um, well, if you wait, hold on just a second. Hold on. Brian's going to be mad at me by the time we're done here, but he's got an ukulele in his hand. <laughs> that is a wonderful <laughs> surprise.
Ryan, such a treat and a joy. Thank you so very much. Uh, you're welcome. Ah, oh, <laughs> that's great. Yeah. It's so interesting to me, the different sounds that the ukulele can make, because last time when you played for us, it was all picking, and it was just so different, the sounds that you can get out of that instrument. That was really a treat. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you. Yeah, now, sorry, do you have nylon strings in there, or do you have metal? Nylon strings. Okay. Yeah. I just, just wanted to ask. Yeah. Neat. Yeah, they're Aquila strings. Okay, good to know. Well, Brian, um, I should I should just ask you so you can tell people because you guys manufacture your own ukuleles and are they available while you guys are in quarantine? Can people still get them? How would that work? Um, they can still get them. Um, can we, we actually have some with us right now. Yeah. So if there's anyone here at the facility, um, yes, they could still get them. And then afterwards, when we leave here, um, they can also contact us, and then we can ship them out. Okay, great. Great, great, great. Yes, and then is that available also from your website? Uh, those are not on our website yet, but as long as they're just... Send us an email, and we'll take care of it from there. Okay. And, sorry, do you want to say your email? Uh, Rowena, R-O-W-E-N-A, 106, at gmail.com. There you go. Or they can can link us through our our website, which is www.brianandrowena.com. And so there's an email page, too, there. Wonderful. Well, guys, thank you so much. It's always good to be in touch with you. We look forward to talking with you again. (laughs) Thank you very much. And I have to tell you, people love the ukulele. The ukulele episode is one of the best listened to. So I hope people sail with you in the future and get to sit under your instructions sooner than later. You know, we would love to have you and your family sail with us. Oh, it's on the list. It is on the list. (laughs) First things first, must move back to the United States. It'll make the commute a little shorter. So there you go. (laughs) There you go. First things first. But yes, we would love to have you you sail with us. That would be a lot of fun. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. You would love my kids. They're hilarious. And it it seems like they might have some musical talent. Okay. Well, thank you. Thank you so much again. You go ahead and get your day moving and we'll get our day ended. How's that? That sounds good. 